Good evening. Well, I have no idea. Depends how fast my brain works. We should. Um, good evening. Today we're learning Maseches Bavakama Daf Samach Aleph. And we are starting at a Mishnah, a new Mishnah on Samach Aleph Amad Aleph, about a quarter of the way down, about a third of the way down. And we're continuing to talk in the Sugyas of Aish about fire and our responsibility to manage fire when we are the ones to light them and some other various topics. The Mishnah opens, Avra Geder, if you have a fire in your yard and it goes over your fence, but you had a really nice fence, which was four Amos high, that's about six feet tall. Or if the fire traverses, if it traverses all of those things, because it's very unlikely to traverse those things, therefore you're putter. In other words, you've done a reasonable Shmira by having a fire in your yard, as long as there's a stone wall that's six feet tall, or if there's something like a derech harabim or a river that separates them. We'll analyze all of these pieces in the Gemara. The Gemara says, first of all, wait one second. We have a brysa. The exact opposite of the first line of our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said that if the fire escapes a wall that's four amos tall, that you're going to be putter. This brysa says you're chayib. So how does that work? So the Gemara says, well... Uh, it just depends how you're counting. And the Gemara says as follows, Amar Rav Papa. Rav Papa explains, Tana didan, our Mishnah, kachashiv milamala lemata. He is talking about cases where we're going from a larger number to a smaller number. And here's how it works. What if it's sheish amos? Then the Tana says, you're putter. What if it's chamesh amos? Then he says, there too, you're putter. What if he says, ad arba amos? So in this case, the ad arba amos, you're putter. And that is ad ad bichlal. Uh, that is, means that you're going to be properly putter in regards to even the fourth ama. However, uh, Tana Bura, we're halfway down on Samach Aleph, Amad Aleph. Tana Bura, the Tana of the Brisa, Bura means outside, which is why Brisas are actually called Brisas because they're outside the Mishnayas. Tana Bura was counting Milamata Lamala Kachashiv. He was counting from lower numbers to higher numbers. And here's how that would work. The Gemara says, Shte Amos Chayev, Shalosh Amos Chayev, if you're two Amos. If your wall is only two amos, we'll say that you're chayev. If your wall is three amos, we'll say that you're chayev. Ad arba amos, we would also say chayev. And here, what the Gemara means to say is ad velo ad bichlal. That's how the Mephorshim explained over here. We're saying four, you're chayev, but four, we don't mean you're chayev. It just means 3.99. Up until four is when you're chayev, but four, it's yourself. four itself is putter. Therefore, in effect, we have one Bryce is saying you're chayev for arba amos walls. Uh, for a fire that, that traverses an Arba Amos wall, some say you're putter. What's the difference between them? The difference is whether or not we say that the number four Amos is Adve Ad Bichlal or Adve Lo Ad Bichlal. And the Gemara continues halfway down on Samach Aleph Hamadal. The Gemara says, let's add another qualification to our Mishnah. When we say that there's four Amos of space uh, from the ground to the top of your wall, that's even true if on the other side of that wall there are thorns. What it really means is very flammable types of wood, easily lit. And the brush that you could imagine that, uh, you know, you know those like in the movies when they have those like uh, bales of things that blow in the wind, whatever they're called, those things, what? Tumbleweed was what I was more familiar with, tumbleweed. But I couldn't get the word in my head. Scrub brush. That's I've never heard of that. So that's super flammable. The Gemara says, AFLP, that it's super flammable. Allah is your still putter. However, in this regard, Amar Rav Papa, umisfas kotzim ulemala daladamos. But we need it to be that there's daladamos from the top of the thorns to the top of your wall. 
because otherwise it's not enough of a distance. In other words, if there was nothing on the other side of my wall and there's a raging fire in, inside my property, the Dalet Amos wall will be sufficient, no problem at all. However, if the Kotim, let's say, are three Amos tall, then I need my wall to be seven Amos so that there's four Amos between the flammable Kotim and the top of my wall. The Gemara continues, Amarav, Loshanu Kolachas. Our Mishnah is only dealing with a case of Kolachas. A Kolachas fire is a type of fire where the flame is shooting more upward than anything else. Aval says the Gemara Benichfefes, if you have a fire that has a curve to it or that it, then it kind of moving a lot in the wind, or it's a very low level fire and it kind of very rapidly moves from one place to the other, you're always going to be held accountable for that kind of a setting. Ushmuel Amar, Masnisen ben Nichfefes, he disagrees. He says, our Mishnah is dealing with Nichfefes, uh, is dealing with fire that either, again, is foldable fire or that can easily move from one space to another. Abal Bikolachas, if you have a fire that really is a vertical fire and it's not moving around a lot, Afilu Kolshu Pater. Wow. So this really depends on the fire type. Uh, I've had multiple uh, barbecues and pits over the years. The one I have now, the fire really does stay very contained. It's this special thing. There's holes in the side. It draws oxygen. There's almost no smoke, and this fire stays really, really straight. I've had other ones where the fire licks over the edges of the side. So it depends on the fire type. That's a machlokas between Rav and Shmuel. And the Gemara brings a brysa to support Rav's opinion. The Gemara says two-thirds of the way down, actually three-fourths of the way down, Tanya Kavase de Rav. We have a brysa that agrees to his qualification of our Mishnah. What does our brysa say over here? What's the context of our Mishnah? That the din of our Mishnah is with a fire that's particularly vertical. If it is a fire that curves a lot and it's moving a lot and it kind of easily moves right to left laterally, so then the halacha is... Uh, oh, yes, and and there's flammable types of uh, wood around. Even 100 mil, that's a very, very far distance. It's, in fact, close that a mil and a mile are almost the same based on other sugas that we've seen in Shas. And that's what uh, the, how the Brice approves Rav and therefore seems to reject Shmuel, which means that the fire of our Mishnah is talking about a case of Kolachas where the fire is very vertical. But if you have a wild fire, Dalet Amos won't do anything for you. You're going to be held accountable no matter what if it's a wildfire. Nothing at all. And the brysa that's being used for Rav is quoted here, uh, finishing up with the last line. We're going to analyze this line in a little bit too. Ovra Nahar, Oshilulis. If the water, if uh, if the fire, excuse me, goes over a river or a shlulis, we're going to learn soon what a shlulis is. There's a machlokas about what a shlulis is. We'll soon see what that is. But if the fire traverses one of those two things, mm -hmm. so then, shehem rechavim ches amos, they have a natural width of eight amos. So that means that the average river was eight amos or 12 feet. Uh, the shlulis was as well. Then the halacha is that that putter. Very interesting din. Again, only bekolachas, only with a fire that's walking straight up. Who's talking about the material that won't have to be made out of? Uh, we're under the assumption that the wall is made out of stone or something that doesn't burn, because otherwise it's no different than the wood. It has to be a non-flammable um, um, type of retainer wall. It's the difference between uh, homes that have the internal frame being wood, like American homes, and other homes that are built out of cinder blocks on the inside. And they don't; those houses don't burn down. I mean, they have the insides do, of course. Yeah, like all the the living spaces, but the structure is, is still in good shape. All right, so the...
The Gemara now uh, it picks up on another part of our Mishnah. We had a unique din in our Mishnah that said that if a fire traverses derech rabim, that you're going to be putter. So let's analyze what derech rabim means. Says the Gemara, Mantana, who's the author of our Mishnah who says this? Amar Rava, Rabbi Eliezer, he. Ditznan, and there's a very weird footnote on the side that says we should say Ditanya. The reason why this is so weird is because this line of Rabbi Eliezer is literally found on the next page in a Mishnah. So it's kind of odd that the that anyone felt. I have a note here on the side in Hagos Vitzionim. It says, Svarim Acherim Ditanya. And then, Ayin Maharshal, She Hagilion Ditanya, Eino Iker. So there is a bit of a machlokas here, but the pashtas of our Gemara, as we will soon see on the top of Samach Aleph and Bez, is that this sheet is found in a, in a Mishnah, not in a Brisa. And this Gemara continues, quoting this Mishnah, who is the author of our Mishnah who speaks about Derech Rabim? It's Rabbi Eliezer. Omer Amos This is a throwback to Maseches Shabbos about three years ago, approximately. Actually, almost exactly. Uh, there we spoke about a din about a Rishus HaRabim. There are special dinim that um, make a, a, a space, make an area into a Rishus HaRabim, and one of them is a din mefulash, that there's a road that cuts through the whole city. In a city like Chicago, we, we often think about a street like Western Avenue, which really does cut. It's a super long, over 100 miles. I think it's a very long, you told me this once, I think that. It's a very, very long street. Um, and nevertheless, even if it's not called Western everywhere, but Western is at least 16 feet across, certainly where we live. It's a, it's a five-lane, four-lane. Four Wait, 16 what? feet or 16 amos? 16 amos is 30 feet. What? It's 1.5. So 16 amos is 25 feet, 24 feet. 24. It's a machlokas, what an ama is. It's between 24 and 32 feet. So almost all parts of Western in our neighborhood are at least 24 feet for sure. For sure, even more. What? Yeah, the cars that park there consume a lot. They're four cars wide. Yeah, that's about that's about twenty feet probably. The Misa. The average the average street here. Well, I think so because the average car is probably five feet wide plus space between the inches. Yeah. I'd say the streets here. Twenty plus. Twenty four, twenty six. Well, I'm gonna take a tape measure out when I get home. I'll, I'll send a picture. Yes. That's another Dr. Karish move is just count your paces. Yeah. I'm going to use a tape measure. You have the laser. What? That's true, too. That's true, too. Of course it is, Dr. Karish. Of course it is. Do you ever see my father measuring with the pinky to thumb? That's also a Karishism that we Karish has absorbed from my dad. Nine and a quarter inches, pinky to thumb. Very, very helpful tool, by the way. Very helpful tool. Comes in very handy. Everybody go home. Where did I need that tape measure? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody go home and measure the span from the end of your pinky to the end of your thumb. It is a tremendously helpful piece of information of what your span is. Oh, you have an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. You know, you can kind of ballpark already. Very helpful. I use it all the time. Oh my gosh. Dad, this is being recorded. Go ahead. So I didn't have a tape measure handy, so I, I measured it, went to the store, and I fell in exactly the same thing. There are so few people like you. Um, it's unbelievable. Not enough. Not enough people. Not nearly enough. 
So the Gemara then says that our Mishnah is like this Shita of Rabbi Eliezer, because when we spoke about this road that was Mefulash and Rishus Harabim, that road had to be 16 Amos, which is a Rishus Harabim Din. So that's why uh, we know that our Mishnah is like Rabbi Eliezer. We also said in our Mishnah, O oh, Nahar, that if the fire traverses a Nahar, you're still Pater. Rav Amar Nahar Mamish. Rav says it means an actual river. Just, again, envision the Chicago River. If a fire jumps from one side to the other, that's very significant. Ushmuel Amar, Arisa did the lay. No, we're talking about an irrigation ditch. Not the same thing. We had this phrasing, phraseology a little bit ago um, about an animal that falls into an irrigation ditch. Um, we said that this was of a certain size. Fine. The Gemara then says, Manda Amar Nohar, Mamish, Afal Gav de Kamaya. Yeah, the person who says that we're talking about a measurement of an actual river, that's true even if the river is empty, meaning it's not that we're dealing with water that would extinguish fire. We're dealing with the distance from one side to the other. But according to the one who holds that what we're discussing when we say Nahar in our Mishnah is an irrigation ditch, that is only with water because in that's when we could say your putter because there we do look at the water as an extinguishing uh, resource. If in fact the irrigation ditch was empty, then low, then you would not be putter in that case because there's nothing to slow down the fire. It's not awesome. We have a Mishnah. And this Mishnah will tie us back to our conversation from earlier. Um, and this is a Mishnah from Maseches Peya in Perak Beis. The Gemara says, The following things function as separators in fields to have two different requirements for Peya. Hanachal, a river. Which is the word that we really don't know what it is yet. All of these things are considered to be mafsik. So if I own the Karish family field at my home address and it and there's a separator between the two, I have two separate chiyuvim of peya for those two fields, even though they're all on my property, it doesn't matter because there's a separator. Says the Gemara, my shlulis. When the Gemara, when the Gemara that's quoted from Peya, when the Mishnah is quoted from Peya, talks about shlulis, what is a shlulis? This is a machlokas. Number one, four lines from the bottom, Amar of Yehuda Marshmuel Makom. I, read that, I think about this in Parkside Estates. There's like a huge field that dips down. So if, if there's an overflow of water, the homes don't flood. They made an overflow ditch. That's what this is talking about. Maybe the Shololin is considered an overflow ditch. And therefore, if something were to be there in the middle, then you'd be put there because there's supposed to be a big ditch there. Rabbi Amar Rav Yochanan, I said Amasamayim, it's like an aqueduct of some kind, that separates the spoils to all of its branches. What does this mean? It's some type of, uh, of irrigation system where there's a larger trunk and then it siphons off. One goes off to the east, one goes off to the north, one goes off to the northwest, and then Bechule. And it just, it feeds out. That's what he said might be the case. So Patra, that is another possibility for Shlulis. And the Gemara says, how do each person... How does each person hold like the other? According to the one who says that a, a shulis, a shulis, excuse me, is an overflow canal, all the more so this would be true by uh, an aqueduct that siphons things off in other directions. The one who says that we're talking about this aqueduct, that may be well be true, that that's where your are But the overflow... The overflow um, ditches that uh, some places have, those are not considered to be a break in the fire, meaning you didn't do a, a responsible job of lighting a fire there. Why not? Because to Hanhu, these actually have another name for them. Turning to the top of Samach Aleph Amid Bagne de Ara Mikru. 
These are referred to as bagne da'ara, which is um, <clears throat> Rashi on the top actually quotes be'agonos, which is used in uh, in Sefer Shmos to speak about bowls. So in other words, these are small bowls of ara. They're basically still considered to be land, even though they're used as an irrigation ditch. That brings us to a new mission on the top of Samach Aleph. And with we'll be going to the top of Samach Beis and Aleph. Let us continue in another Mishnah. If somebody lights something in their own yard, how far does the fire go? Now, obviously, we're not discussing how far the fire goes. We want to know one's halachic responsibility when they light a fire. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Eliezer ben Azari Omer Ron Osa, Oso, Ki'ilu Hu Be'emtza Beis Kur. We look at it as though it's in the middle of a base Kur. In square Amos, uh, a base core area is about 275 feet, uh, Amos, excuse me, by 275 Amos. So 275 times 1.5, you're going to add another 140 approximately to 275. You're looking at 400 plus feet by 400 plus feet, a little bit more, probably closer to 500. It's a pretty big space. And we look at the fire as though it's dead center in that space. And therefore, the distance that you have from the center to the edge is 140-ish amos, which translates into 225 feet, give or take, whatever the exact math is. So that's the distance that we're talking about. That's the shita of Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah. Rabbi Lazar Omer, tes zayin amos This is a line that we saw on the bottom of the previous page, which was why it was weird that the Gemara tried to turn it into Detanya. So he says it's 16 amos, way, way, way less than the first shita, which was 125 amos, a huge distance. Rabbi Kiva Omer Chamishim Ama. We don't know where that comes from yet. Rabbi Shimon Omer Shalem Yishalem Hamaviras Habeira. The person who lights the fire has to has to pay. I call the fiat leka. What do you mean? How far did the fire travel? If it traveled and burned, you're responsible. Why are we putting, you know, Amos meters out? This doesn't require a yardstick. You lit a fire. You're obvi- you're obviously held accountable for everything it consumes. So it seems that the shita of Rabbi Shimon is kind of the pragmatic approach, the non-halachic approach, as it were. We're not looking in through a lens of how we define a Rishus HaRabim 16 Amos. No, it just depends on the fire. So the Gemara says at the open of the Gemara, seven or eight lines down on Samach Aleph Umid Beis, the last shita that we saw, he doesn't say there's a shear. I can show you where he holds that there is a shear when it comes to fire, just like the other people. That's none. We have a Mishnah. This is a Mishnah in Bava Metziah. Lo yamid adam tanur besoch You're not allowed to put an oven in your home. Ela imkain yesh al gabo gova dalat amos. The only way you're allowed to do that is if there's dalat amos or six to eight feet above your stove. Our stoves do not have that. Average ceiling height in America is about eight feet. Uh, 12 feet, 10 feet if you've done construction. But construction over the years without customization is about eight feet. Our stoves are about three and a half feet tall. So you're talking about in our case that we have about four and a half feet, not almost to the ceiling. This was even more strict. So if I had someone living upstairs, my responsibility to that person is that above my stove, I need to have four almost, which is six to eight feet taller ceilings. And if I was on the second floor, what would be my responsibility to my downstairs neighbor? I would need to have a, a thickness in the floor. Maziva literally is plaster. I would need to have a thickness in the floor of which is about a foot. But for a lower temperatured stove, um, some stoves in the back in the day had two burners, as it were. They weren't burners in the way we have them, but they were two holes where there were fires and metal on top. But if you have a, a lightweight oven, so then only a tefach, only three or four inches would, would be able to separate the aliyah from the main floor. 
And if damage occurs when you are not in that distance away, you're obligated to pay. And look at what Rib Shimon says, because this is the point of this piece of Gemara is to question Rib Shimon. Rib Shimon Omer, The only reason we have these shiurim is to tell you when you're patr to be mishalim, and as well, of course, when you're chayiv. That means that Rib Shimon has a shear in regards to fire. In our Mishnah, he seemed to say, And in this Brisa, or in this Mishnah, actually, yeah, in this Mishnah from Bava Metziah, it doesn't seem that he cares about any, in this in this uh, Mishnah, it seems that he does care about a shear because sometimes you're patr, sometimes you're chayiv. So the Gemara says, don't worry. This all refers to the height of the fire. If the height of the fire is very low, then you have very little to worry about. We use regular shiurim. If the height of the fire is very big, then I don't care how, how far away you are, you are held accountable. Next part of this Gemara that will bring us to the next Mishnah. Amar of Yosef, Amar of Yehuda, Marshmul Halacha, Kirib Shimon. We actually paskin like Rib Shimon. That also means we paskin like the distinction in our Gemara that if you have a tiny fire, let's say I lit one match uh, in my backyard um, and there's really no wood, so then I, I, if it miraculously spreads, I'm not held accountable. Um, but if it were to be a massive fire, then Hakola Fiadalika. That brings us to the next Mishnah. If a person lit a gadish, which is a pile of grain, and inside there were kalim that were hidden, this is a machlok, as we've seen many times throughout the Masechta. Famously, Rabbi Yehuda Shita, Rabbi Yehuda Amr, Meshalim But even though you don't know what was on the inside of that pile, the halacha is that you are still accountable to pay for what's inside. You only pay if it is a pile of chitin or a pile of seorin, a pile of wheat or barley. And then this is also a din we saw much earlier in the Masechta and Davchav Gimel. If you had a gedi that was close to the the gadish and the gedi was tied there, so the gedi couldn't couldn't escape. And there was an Eved that was standing there, not tied down, but he didn't run away and he got burnt. The halacha is, chayev. you're obligated to pay for the gdi. Why are you not obligated to pay for the Eved? Because the Eved should have run away. He's a fool. You weren't tied down. Walk away from the fire. Why are you standing there like a fool? Walk away. The gdi, on the other hand, he is held accountable. However, the Mishnah uh, concludes, uh, almost concludes, Eved kafuslo, if the Eved was tied next to the fire of the Gaddish, the gdi samuchlo, and the gdi was... Uh, standing by, and the, the Gdi could have run away, and the Gdi gets hurt, then Patr on the Gdi, uh, for another reason, which is because with my fire, I did two halachic things. Number one, I killed an Ebed, and number two, um, I, I killed the Gdi, but the Gdi could have run away, and the Ebed couldn't. So I'm Patr on the Gdi, because I'm Chayiv on the murder of the Ebed, because of Kamle Bidurabamine. And the Mishnah concludes um, halfway down on Samech Aleph. Omid Beis, the Mishnah says, The Chachamim agree with Rabbi Yehuda that you're obligated. If I burn a pile in your backyard and your uh, your favorite whatever, your favorite baseball card was in that pile, the Chachamim do agree in one case with Rabbi Yehuda that you're obligated to pay. And that is, That if you are lighting a fire um, directly to the Gaddish. I'm sorry, if, I'm sorry, that's not correct. If you uh, light the house on fire, then if you're an arson, you burn a house down, you do have to pay for all the contents. What's the difference between burning a house down that has stuff inside and a Gaddish that has stuff hidden inside? Says the Gemara, It's normal. 
people don't have empty houses. They have a mattress, they have furniture, they have kitchen table. Not everybody does. I went to a home of a family outside of, our, of the Jewish community and they asked me to do a circumcision. I show up. I'm like, oh, you know, let's do this on a table. One convenience, by the way, of non-Yiddish bris is that you get to stand a little taller. You got to watch the back when you're doing bris. And that's uh, not so good. But in their house, the Pasha didn't have a table. I've never been in a house that didn't have a table. First time in my life. So when I got there, they were all eating on those, those X-legged uh, small tables at their couch with the TV running, TV trays. They didn't have a table Pasha in their house at all. I've never heard of such a thing. For Yidin, that is like impossible. Like there's a Shabbos. How much, how much time do we spend at the Shabbos table? I've never been in thousands of people's homes. I've never seen it. And here, you'll never see it. It was super weird. I don't know. It's very odd. Yeah, yeah. That's why they did it. It was the Gemara Psachim. That's why it was because of Heseba. Uh, that was what he told me. Yeah, the Goy Shabbat from Cuba. <laughs> that was what he told me. I've just never, it's just Hafsa Bafela. It was really. Never, it would never happen. You, know, you, have, you have any company ever? It's weird. That's impressive. It's just, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I didn't ask them about it. It was just, the whole scenario was just odd. All right. That brings us to the next Mishnah. Nope, no, it doesn't. Brings us to a Gemara. That was the Mishnah. Omar of Kahana. Machlokes. What is the Machlokes of Rabbi Yehuda in our Mishnah? And the Chachamim who argue about whether something that's inside, something that's tamun in a Gaddish, if you're obligated, what's the Machlokas about? That's not where you light the Gaddish, but rather the Machlokas is about That's only if I start the fire in my field and then it traverses the wall and goes into your field, a wall that's lower than Daladamos to weave our Mishnayas together. And then I burn your Gaddish, in, like indirectly, and then I burn something inside your Gaddish that I didn't know about. That's where we have our Machlokas in our Mishnah, where I light the fire in my yard, and it goes into your yard and burns down your Gaddish that has something in it. If I light your backyard and not mine, and in your backyard is your Gaddish with your... Uh, expensive baseball card collection that you hid inside the Gaddish. Very important qualification of our Mishnah. That the only time we have a machlokas about whether or not you're chayvan tamun be'esh, that is when the fire started in my yard and goes into your yard and ruins your Gaddish. If I start a fire in your backyard, everyone agrees that you're chayvan masha besocho. I don't understand. If this is true, then Adatani Seifa, then why did we have to have a different case added in our Mishnah? What did we say in our Mishnah? We had said, We had said in our Mishnah in the Seifa, a new case. What was the new case? The new case was where I, a person burns down a house. The Allah there, the Gemar makes a distinction that it makes sense that if a person burns down a house, you're obligated to pay for everything inside. We got in a building like this, you've got tables, chairs, carpeting, svarim, bookcases, shvang, everything. You got a lot of stuff going on here. So Pashit, if you burn this building down, you're held accountable. So says the Gemara, I don't understand why you even bothered adding in that case. Leave our Mishnah a little bit more lean, a little bit more concise, and lift log velisni bedida. We should have shortened our Mishnah and made it like this. We're 12 lines or so from the bottom. When do we say in our Mishnah that we have a machlokas, Rabbi Huda and the Rabbana, and that's only where I light in my yard and the fire goes into your yard. Why didn't we say that? Why did we have the whole case of modem chachamim? Why did you do that? It must be a great deal. There's really a double machlokas. Here's pligi number one. 
There's a machlokas if I light in my yard. That was the distinction we saw Rav, say, Rav Kahana say at the beginning of the Gemara. That in case number one, like we saw the machlokas, Rav Yehuda Nechachamim is talking about a case where I light in my yard and the fire goes into your yard. That's machlokas number one. And machlokas number two, upligi nami b'madlik shel chavero. Maybe the Chachamim argue on Rabbi Yehuda, even if I light in your backyard. Rabbi Yehuda says, you're on everything, even an arniki, even a wallet, and that's a super weird place to leave something. Only things that are normal to hide in a, in a Gaddish are, are to be included. And that is like Morigan. Rashi says Morigan are... Um, uh, crush him, their boards, nikuvim, their boards with holes in them, and they were used for dashin uh, satua in order to thrash a little bit. I don't know exactly how they used it, Rashi doesn't say, but um, that was a normal thing. Ukli bakar, kalim that were used for animals, rains, whatever the case may be, those were are where you where you he would say that you're mishalim if they're hidden because that's a normal thing. But kalim she'en dark and the hatmin So that's a double machlokas, different than the initial approach of Rav Kahana. So Rava expands the machlokas and says that both the Resha and the Sefer are subject to the machlokas of Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbana. The Gemara says, Tanu Rabbanan, three lines from the bottom. We have a Brisa. Hamadikas Hagadish Fayubo Kalim Vidalko. Let's say that I light um, a pile of food and there were Kalim inside and the, all the Kalim inside burned. Rabbi Huda Omer Mishalim Ashay Besocho. We look at only the grain and we do this fascinating thing. Viroin Makom Kalim Kiilu Humale Tvua. This is fascinating. Let's say that I'm, I know people, things don't pile up this way, but let's say I had a pile of grain that was in a perfect cube shape of one foot by one foot by one foot. And in the center of that pile of grain, I had a baseball. So the baseball removes from the volume of the, of the cube one baseball. So the din that he says over here is the Chachamim say that even though there isn't grain where the baseball is, we view the baseball to be grain and we penalize you and charge you more as though there was grain. You're not being penalized for the baseball, but you do have to pay for the value of grain that would have replaced the baseball. So instead of saying that it's one full cube minus the baseball, no, it's that cubic area, the volume, length times width times height of that thing, even though there's something else in there, that's what I have to pay the person. That's the sheet of the Chachamim. And sometimes it looks like if you go to either side, you Why? Oh, depends on what, what burned. Yeah, your high cost, low cost. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, diamonds don't burn, but let's pick something that does. Let's say gold melts, right? Gold melts at a fairly low temperature. So that could easily get ruined and maybe dispersed in a way where you can't recollect it. 100%. That's a big loss. A couple of grains for gold. That's uh, literally the worst trade ever. Anim animal food for gold. What's that? Oh, I, I kind of agree with that. All right, top of Samach Bezim and Aleph, we have about 10 lines to go. And the Gemara says, Let's qualify this machlokas between Rabbi Huda and the Chachamim. That's true. That's true if I light from my field and then it goes into your field. If I light in your field, there everybody seems to agree. Rabbi Huda who's typically the one who says you're always chayav on kalim, he would bend the other direction and agree to the chachamim, 
that if I lent you a space in my yard to make a pile, and you did, you were gadish, the higdish v'hitmin, you made a pile, and then you were hitmin, you hid something inside of it, she'ein m'shalem eladmei gadish bilvad, even Rabbi Yehuda would agree in that case. And as well, other uh, small iterations, I gave you permission, lahad gishchitin, but you didn't listen to me, and v'hid gish se'orin, okay, you you put a pile of something else, or se'orin, you had permission to put up se'orin v'higdish chitin, and you put up chitin, says the Gemara, both, or chitin, I gave you permission for chitin, and you put on the inside of the pile, you put chitin, and then v'chipan v'se'orin, you covered it v'se'orin, or if you put a pile of se'orin v'chitan v'chitan, and you covered it in wheat, in all of these cases, she'enu m'shalem el d'mei se'orin bilvad, in all of those cases, you would only pay the d'mei se'orin. So as you can see, the basic machlokas between the shita of Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbanon is that Rabbi Yehuda holds that Taman be'esh is typically chayev, the Rabbanon hold that Taman be'esh is typically pater, and based on the b'risas and our mishnais that we saw today, there are some exceptions to the rule, but that's a simplistic form of their machlokas. We'll stop right here, and tomorrow we'll pick up about 10 lines down on Samach Bezim et with the words Amar Rava, wishing you all a beautiful night.